You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome to the debut episode of the Scottish Football Show Extra on SM Media. I'm Scott McPay, delighted to be your host as always. We've got the, the full-time panel back with us. Wilson's here. Wilson, how are we? Hey, thank you. Just uh, so happy with the coefficient points we got this week. Great <laughs> results from Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs and St. Johnson. So they're really doing their bit. Keep the coefficient going. So well done to those four teams this week. Brilliant. Walking late Talbot's Mark Shankman's here. Shankers, how are we today? I am, I'm good, Scott. Um, I'm a bit opposite to Wilson. I'm disappointed in one team for the uh, for their performance this week. Nicole. Now we're going to touch on that later on. We're joined by the new the new face of BBC Sports. I'm Rory Loy. Rory, how are we? <laughs> I not too bad. All good. All good. Um, looking forward to the show tonight. Um, looking forward to learning a little bit more about the West of Scotland League. We've been overwhelmed with videos of Mark Shank and Wonder Goals. So. Looking forward to <laughs> looking looking forward to hearing a little bit more about it on the back of them. Face for radio. <laughs> we are going to take a look at the West of Scotland Football League to kick the show off. Shankers, Auchinleck and Kilwinnon share the top spot in the league. Auchinleck drew the first game and then have won their, their next five. It's been a really, really impressive start. What's been your thoughts on the season so far for Auchinleck? Uh, to be honest, it Although we're sitting in a right good position, I don't think any of the games we've been totally ourselves. I think it's been a wee bit of a slow start for us, to be honest, which I suppose can only be good for for things to come. If 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 we do click into, into gear, I think the game is I mean it's it's not like us to to concede goals in games, to be honest. It's normally we can normally pride ourselves in clean sheets and then and then scoring uh, at the other end of the pitch, so it, it is different for us. Uh, I mean, one of the things I said, Barney, like, that we can't keep re- having to rely on to score two goals to win a game of football. Uh, I'm sure that's the same at any level, but but as long as as long as we are winning, I suppose that's the main thing. But I think it's you know, a wee bit of a, a slow start from the, the players uh, as a team, but obviously the results have have been positive. So so that can only be a good thing going forward. Definitely. Wilson, your pal Chris Strain has cycle one and her joint joint top with Auchinleck after beating Darville and Wednesday night one 0 big result for them. But as well as that, I watched them against Bonnet and I thought they were really impressive. What's been your kind of thoughts in the, the season so far? Obviously it's great just to have the football back, but what's been your kind of takeaways for the first six games of the season? I mean as, as I say, I've not managed to get to see my hero Mark Shankland um so far <laughs> this season, but just as he touched on there, you know, sometimes it's it's very satisfying to play not at your best and still win games. Don't think there's many surprises um, for the teams that are at the top of the table. I think we all kind of predicted that um, at the start. You know, uh, Cowan and Darville, uh, Talbot, etc., would be there or thereabouts. Um, what what I have noticed is there's a lot of games that have been quite close. So. As well, like as Mark says, they've had to, you know, they've conceded every game, so it's two one, etc. Um, I think it was a massive result, you know, the other day. And I've David Simon was another for, former pupil of mine, Scott. You'd be pleased to know. 
Um, so I can imagine his uh, head and ego getting uh, even even bigger than he was. But he was he was a great guy. He was, he was a great he was a great student. He was a good laugh. A very good coach. He was a very good coach as well. So please for him. Please for Chris Strain and Chris is. And I think that's possibly you know where Chris has been over the course before. He's been at the Buffs a few years now, um, and they've kind of been there, there or thereabouts. He's made some good signings um, as well, and I'm really pleased. I think Mick will be disappointed. You know, I, I, I sometimes, you know, when you post the team lines and that, and I, I look at that Darvel team and I'm thinking, you know, I wouldn't be happy with Kilmarnock playing the end of the day with that, with, with that lineup, <laughs> to be honest. Um, good players, but that's, and as I say, Mick's been over the course before experience, but that's that, that's where, you know, it's good. But I think it's a marker for Kilmarnock. You know, they've laid down, and I think it maybe shows the rest of the league that some of the slight negative press that Darvel get that, you know they can be beaten. They're not. They're not. They're not invincible. You know sometimes eleven great players maybe just don't gel one or two games and they lose. Um, but it'll be. A, it's a great three points for Chris. And as I say, but you know it's early in the season. But it's, it's a nice marker he put down. Yeah, definitely. Shankers. Obviously, Darvel. They've won their first five games and looked really, really impressive. And then obviously the wee bump the road that go winning. But today, obviously, we heard the news that they're going to have two miss two games due to. A COVID outbreak is this? Is obviously the first kind of COVID outbreak we've had this season. Is it something that you kind of thought was coming eventually? Kind of thing, whether it was just the way it was going to go. Like, is it that? Is it something you've all been kind of told? What's like prepare yourself for? I, I think it's something that we we've lived with for for the past year and a half, and Aye. and to get football going, we knew it could have been a risk that it could have possibly happened, and. It's not just it's not just one of the things right. You're playing football, it's not going to be there. It's it's so easy for one person to to develop it and cause you're in close contact, like so physios doing treatments, players, players, even things like players playing against each other in games, that marking it formals and stuff like that. It, it could things like that that, that that trigger it. But I think it is something that we knew it was going to happen at some point during the season. It's it's unfortunate because. I mean, Darvo will nobody want to try and catch up in, in games against the, uh, this early stage of the season. I mean, that's two games missing, so it's going to be two games. Oh, so they don't, forf- they don't forfeit the points? No, no, they'll just be rearranged. I, 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 I was just going to ask Shankers that, Rory. Uh, do you, are you aware of the legislation that happens? Because what I was going to say, now, I would hate that teams would think down that, that, uh, that this way, but... You know, if you if you if you were a team and you're saying, right, we need to win this game to stay up, or we need to win this game to get in the top four, whatever, and three or four of your players are injured, do we just say a oh, COVID outbreak? There surely has to be some sort of legislation in place. <laughs> you know, that hard. otherwise teams could be thinking, right, let's book a stag night for the twenty fifth of November, then we'll just say we've got COVID so we can you know, there, there needs see, to be some sort of rules in place. For, for example, just up, just before COVID uh, broke. We had like flu straight through our team. There was like eight years off work and all that, and and we had to get doctors' lines to then give to the yeah. uh, SIFA to prove that, that we had to get the game postponed at the weekend. I think I think we were actually quite lucky because it was something like six. Play- it had to be minimum six or seven players out or something like that. Where and we had eight or nine, so it was actually quite fortunate. Again, or, or we could have been in a position where we had to still play the game with 11, 12 players, but we had to get doctors' lines and stuff like that and get them all sent through. So it was it was quite a rigmarole. But the, yeah. I don't think I don't think are I don't think anybody in the league would I like that any any teams are like that. Whereas 
uh, if they're struggling for injuries, they could just say that. I don't, I don't think that, that's... Uh, I know what you're talking about later on in the season, but uh, it's unfortunate, and I don't think any team wants to be catching up in games this early, but it's just one of the things that it's happened and it's going to happen. It's not going to be the, the last time that it's... That it's Hopefully, COVID's a thing of the past come the end of the season. You know, the benefit Darv will have. I mean, I, I think they were away at Cumbernauld um, tomorrow, um, but they've got the floodlights, so you know they, they can catch up those games. You yeah. know, with, with a couple of midweek games, you know, instead of training as such, because mm-hmm. um, they've got the benefit of that. So, as I say, I hope it's not too serious and they're all I think safe it's and positive well. as well. As I think with the new rulings and stuff like that, if, which. The, the age of uh, the player, a lot of the players in Barville, hopefully a lot of them will, will have had two COVID jugs as well. So, say, say some of them go in and test negative, etc. I think you're actually, you don't have to isolate if you've had both jugs and test negative. Uh, as of Monday, I think that could possibly be a thing. So, I think at Max age, I think at Max age, he's had the booster already. <laughs> the booster so, I, I don't know if that's true or not. He's slightly old on me, you know. Uh, so hopefully uh, nothing's too serious and yeah. they can get back playing because, as I said, I keep repeating it, but you don't want to be catching up in games uh, this early on in the season. Uh, just one of the unfortunate things that it's not going to be the last time it happens this, this season. It's just one of the things we've, we've just got to deal with. I think it's good that that you can play, like said, we've got floodlights and a lot of teams have and they can pack up games on a Wednesday night or that throughout the season rather than have a big fixture pile up late late in the season when the when the, the late night starts to come back. So it's just one of the unfortunate things that uh, I just hope all the players are, are back fit, fit well and uh, very soon. Yeah, definitely. I wish everybody at Darvel has been affected by a speedy recovery and hope they're all well. Shankers, obviously Clyde Bank and Hurlford are the other two teams that are unbeaten, but Pollock are thereabouts as well. There's only kind of four points separating the, the top six in the league. Is there any kind of teams in the league you've You've been surprised with the kind of start we've had, or like positive or negative. Just looking at, at the league table here, um, I think uh, Wilson said earlier on there's been a lot of a close results. I think there's been a lot of freak results today as well. In the same way, like in Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, some teams only get the benefit of huge squads. So there's, there's players playing uh, 90 minutes Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, maybe teams running six. 16, 17 players, injuries, suspensions, people can't make it due to work, etc. because the level we're playing at. So I think there's teams in false positions as well because of yeah, the likes of the games and, and that they were playing in quick succession. So I think maybe who's one, who's in a false position? Who should be who should be lower than they are? <laughs> who should be lower than they are? Uh, who's in a false oh, position? I think there's who's... teams that are, are lower that are in low positions mostly because of the likes of congested fixtures early on and, and maybe for example Glen Afton have played Pollock Darvel Cowan and Irvin Meadow all four out of the last six fixtures so that is four tough games whereas you might see them in the next couple of months going on a good run uh, of fixtures that they think are favourable for them and now that they've got four of the kind of so-called big hitters at the road they might, they might start picking up points later on in the season uh, as the season goes on because they fixed us out of the road. So just for example, for that kind of an example that they're down there and they went and beat Irving Meadow 3-1. I mean, Darvel had a late comeback against them. Uh, 
before that. So they've I think been in front five out of six games. I think. I think I've seen. I know you. You could look at that two ways. Like, is that a negative? Well, it's obviously a negative, but you could look at it two ways. Is it fitness or is it maybe they've got some young boys, so are they maybe an experience? I don't know. You, you could put the finger on, on anything. So I think Van Aften's in a full position for me. Um, just trying to look and get What about Colburnia? Like, obviously, they've I know, I just seen six the defeats in a row, and obviously on. Martin Ferry's left. Were you, are you surprised that they're, they're going to start? Because we could have we, said at the start of the previews, we didn't think. We knew they would kind of be one of the teams that maybe would be in the kind of relegation fight, but we didn't think they'd have that, that start to the season. Like, are you surprised? Um, because we normally got a, I'm not saying normally, we still got a tough game, didn't we, the other week there? And it, no. it, was, it was close. We, we took the lead early and went up 2-0 early on and we brought it back to 2-1 uh, through a window strike. And then we got two goals later on in the, the second half. Um when they were almost chasing the game and stuff like that. And we're normally going to burn and it's a scrappy game and it's always 1-0, 2-1 and stuff like that. So it's unfortunate for any manager to lose a job at any time. But for this early on in the season, I mean, losing, what is it, six? Losing six out of six, it isn't it good? And there'll be, there'll be supporters and stuff like that calling for change. So it, it is tough and hopefully they, they turn the corner because I know a lot of, I know a good few boys down there and, and you just want them to, to turn it around and, and do well. So, fingers crossed they get, they get a, an appointment in and, and they can start moving up. The team. Yeah, definitely. Well, so what's been your thoughts on the table? Has there been any kind of surprises when you've had a look at it? I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I was quite surprised by Hurlford's position. Um, being undefeated. Um, I know there's been a, they've lost a lot of financial backing um as well might not be able to attract the players that they used to be able to attract so i think it's a tremendous start for Darren henderson's team mm-hmm. um undefeated you know and as i say because I, did, I, did, I mean i know taz and some other kind of guys that have been there a while now are still there but he did lose a few players as well um so i was surprised how they've managed to kind of uh, maintain i hope that continues um, through through the season because dan's a really really good coach um as, as well so uh, as i say but i'm i'll be honest i'm surprised with Looking at their squad, who's not as strong as it used to be, and um, that they're in that position. But when we just when, to, we're, when we were doing the preview um, of the the league, and and Scott spoke to Dan and stuff like that, and I think Auckland spoke to him as well, and he was almost saying again that they're going to find themselves struggling this year. I don't know whether he's been clever and maybe taking the pressure off early goals, and it's, and, it, and it's gave them freedom to play. But as you say, Dunder a top coach at this level. He's, he's been around the block a, a few times and they've got some right, right good players, right experienced players who have, who have won plenty at this level. So that'll, that'll help with the, the balance of players that, that he's brought in as well. So I, I wouldn't say that it's always been up there uh, year in, year out. But maybe with the overhaul of players uh, that's come in and out, then maybe, maybe Dan, we're done expecting them to be... Uh, as he come out and said in the papers and stuff like that, uh, he said they were going to be doing their fighting, but uh, I'm not surprised they're up there because they've got players that, that, are, that have been up there at this level for, for year after year, basically. Yeah, definitely. We'll touch a wee bit in the conferences before we move on. We'll touch, Affily obviously started conference A, flying five ones out of five shankers. It's, do you think Affily are, are going to come up? Obviously, they're one of the big hitters at the end junior football. Obviously, now we've moved to the senior, but Affle's always been a big name, isn't he? Are you surprised they've made the start they have? 
No, really, because I think this is my kind of seventh or eighth season in, in the juniors, and and they predominantly they've been in the, the top league uh, through all my time there. I think they've they've been doing a couple of years now, uh, but for them to come back up, I think they're a team that should be should be in the top league. It's you know all I've known since for since I've played has actually been in the top league, so. I'll not be surprised if, if they bounce straight back up. But I think it's also good to see like so your Muircuts and Craig Marks yeah, teams in our neck of the woods uh, up there because there's some there's some right good teams in that league. We played Johnson Borough in pre-season and although we won, I think we won 3-0, but it was a tough, tough game. They've got a lot of good quality. Their team shots have got good quality as well. Uh, they've got the ex-coming up manager, John, Mc, John McEwen there. Uh, and I know they've got some, some good players at, at their side. So, uh, there is some tough, tough fixtures in that league. Garvin as well. Uh, they're a team that has been in the top league uh, before, and they've got new management this year, so they'll, they'll be looking to to push up the league. But I think it's good to see Kirkup competing with their teams because it's a team over the years who have been predominantly in the Ayrshire District League and been kind of lower end. So to see them up there. Uh, Getting in about teams like Arthur and Bell Hill, Shorts, Johnson Borough, and stuff like that, who have been, been up there and mixing it. It's good to see your Kirk up there uh, competing with, with teams like that as well. Yeah, definitely. Conference B as well. Ardair have made a terrific start. Five wins and a draw. They're one of three unbeaten teams with Gart Cairn and St. Caddocks. Cambers Langer round about there as well with Greenock. And then you've got likes of Renfrew and Ashfield. Port Glasgow have made good starts. Who out of that league, Shankers, catches your eye? Uh, Renfrew were in the league. Uh, I think it was the last season that we fully started. Uh, Kits and Caddocks as well. I know that there's a, a lot of boys went for Glen Afton to Kits and Caddocks with, with the manager, uh, Southie, Craig McEwen. Mm-hmm. So, so I was, I'm actually surprised they're, they're not up there. But I've been, recently I've been following uh, RDS progress and on Twitter. I, I started following them in, in Twitter and looking for the results because there's, I'm right in saying that there was an amateur team and they, they kind of... I right. So they took kind of most of the players or if not yeah. the whole squad to guard there and they've, they've had a, a couple uh, run about that. So I just I just started following their progress because I thought it would be good to see how they did. Maybe being a bit naive and for the outside looking in an amateur team going up to juniors or seniors almost think maybe been surprised that they're doing as well but Every week when I check the result, the the scrape, the there's some wins that they're scraping through, uh, and then there's some that they're, they're winning comfortably. And I think it's it's they they ones where you're, you're scraping through three two are just as good as winning five 0 because it shows that they've got dig and fight to the end of games yeah. and, and get up there. I think they got they drew with it bad. It was a bit like a a team that's just newly came for. The amateurs, they were a right good side in amateurs, for what I'm led to believe. So, so them coming to a senior outfit effectively, um, and been up there top of the league, uh, unbeaten as well. And I'll, that's certainly a team that I'll, I'll be keeping progress on, uh, keeping watching their progress throughout the season. So, I'm interested to see how, uh, how they do. Aye. Conference C as well. Wish on Nielsen St. Rocks, top of the league in 13 points from Chapel, Glasgow, Perthshire, and 12, and then Peter Sill and 11, because it's quite a tight league so far. There's a, all six of the teams are obviously you've got name, names like Nielsen and Peter Sill, who are obviously, as you say, probably similar to the Arthur Lee, like probably 
are kind of established teams. Like who's any of their teams kind of catching your eye? We we also played Newton in, in pre-season as well, and it definitely wasn't played uh, like a pre-season game. Uh, that's for sure. We, we scraped by one 0 but it was a battle, uh, fiery challenges, stuff like that. So that will be a tough, tough place to go uh, for any team uh, in the. The West of Scotland football leagues, and whether it's Premier Division all the way into the, the Division Four, so it, it's going to be. I'll, I think I'll be surprised if they're not up there uh, or thereabouts. Uh, the, at the end of the season, Drum Chapel won four out of four, mm-hmm. so so they've got to be one to to look out for as well. So I, I would say Drum Chapel and Neilston uh, to be up there at the end of towards the end of the season. St. Rocks as well. Uh, not really bored if they're up there at the end of the season. <laughs> then obviously you've got Division 4, obviously the new league, Kilsyth, Fanart, St. Peter's. Kilsyth have obviously started with five wins and a draw. Fanart are, two point, are three points behind them and then St. Peter's. Shankers out of those teams is what's the kind of... What, can they go up? Can MD for Division 4 go up? I don't know how it works. Like. I, I presume they can. I, I think it's because the, the amount... The, the teams, I think they're all new to the West of Scotland setup, so I think I'd almost rather than split them into the conferences, I think they just made them go in it, go in at a, a lower tier almost, like a, a tier seven effectively. So I, I think either be a tier seven or tier six. I'm, I'm not. I yeah, use a tier six, and then I think they'll right, so they'll be tier seven then. So so I, I presume the winner will will go up because if I'm right in saying it, it's going to be split into. Is it going to be split? It's going to be a Premier Division, Second Division, Third Division, then a Fourth Division, I think. I think that's Aye, so, so I think they will go up and then the, the standings at the end of the season effectively will be, that will be how they're split into their league Aye. because, we, we like so we spoke about it, well, Lachlan mentioned that a couple of times about seven teams going into the league and I think that's to make a 16 team league Aye. and split it all up into, into divisions and that's how it will work. So this season is going to be a wee bit false, I think, with, with Teams and and leagues and positions that they shouldn't be in, but I think once it gets rebuggered next season, we'll, we'll start to see, see where teams are at and and how effective it will be. Because there's some right tough teams that are, and that will be able to compete at the the high end. Only going to get promoted because of the quality that's in the league. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see at the end of the season. Uh, I'm not too sure in a, a lot of teams in in this division. For, for what I'm looking at, Kosaith, five, five uh, out of six. Finna, St. Peter's, three out of four as well. So it's going to be competitive, that one. That's what you're... No, I wouldn't you fancy Hamilton pupils away on a Wednesday night, put it that way. No, you would not. But we'll move... We'll, <laughs> we'll touch on the, the kind of this weekend's fixtures later on in the show, but we'll move on to the, the European fixtures and hopefully Rory's not nodded off there. With it. Not at all, no, it's quite, it's quite interesting. You don't realise how many teams are, are actually out there in Scotland. It's, it's quite phenomenal, like, how, how many there are. And it's quite actually nice here, and there's a few, few kind of Nielsen and all that, you know, kind of played a lot in Ayrshire when I was younger, so just thinking back to all these grounds, yeah. it's quite interesting to listen to. Yeah, definitely. Wilson, we're also going to be covering the amateurs as well. How excited are you for that? Oh, absolutely jubilant. It's the best league in <laughs> Scottish football, and that includes the professional leagues. And you'll be getting in-depth analysis um, on, a, on every team when they beat Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be following Stuart's progress to see 
see whether I'll be able to get a move there next year or not. Um, that's, that's not a problem because I'll start the manager on the back. Get you, I'll be manager. I'll get you in captain number ten up front. Maybe man. <laughs> but we'll move on to the the Scottish Champions Rangers. They played their first Champions League qualifier in Sweden. Two quick second half goals gave Malmo to a, a quick lead before Davis scored a, I think, a vital goal to give Rangers a chance to get through at Ibrox on Tuesday. Rory, we'll come to you. What was your overall reaction to the, the result? Uh, I think it was disappointing. Um, two very un-Rangers-like goals to lose if you're looking at the last kind of 12 months. Um, I think they've got to be disappointed. Uh, you know, that they would be expected to beat Malbo over two legs. And, you know, they've done so well away from home in Europe over the last couple of seasons. Um, or uh, the last couple of seasons, to be fair, that, you know, the, the, maybe it's just the pressure of the Champions League or, you know, maybe it's not something you would associate with Gerard. Everyone talks about his professional standards, but did they slightly underestimate Malbo? I don't know. Um, but I, I, I genuinely think as well, although Rangers had most of the possession and first half they were comfortable, there was, a sp- there was a period in the game where you didn't know if it was going to go 2-1 or 3-0 because right. it still looked a little bit dangerous on the counter-attack. Listen, they've got enough <clears throat> they've got enough to go through the tie, but what they can do is is go gung-ho because Mamor are a decent outfit and t- tactically they knew where Rangers were strong. Um, they pushed them into one area of the field and Rangers struggled at times, especially in the second half. And can I just say that the boys, it kind of went flew under the radar. The second finish was phenomenal. Like, you know, the defenders coming back, the, the striker recognises that, the goalies and the goals. What what a finish, by the way. Just taps it right in the in the corner. Um, aye, I, I think when push comes to shove, Rangers will go through. But I, I can see Malmo potentially causing them problems at Ibrox, but I think they'll go through uh, overall. Well, so what was your thoughts on the game? Obviously, you, you mentioned at the start, the, the coefficient has went in your favour, but I do think Rangers will go through. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yes, I, I, I do as well. Um, and just touching a point that Rory said there about Gerard's standards, you know, he was absolutely seething. You know, he's interviewed after the game. I know, obviously, these guys are the utmost profession. We don't like losing, but I, I always, feel, I always try and look at the bigger picture. You know, they've had a decent preseason and you know, comfortably won their first league game, and then they've done well in uh, Europe. And then they go to one game, they lose two one. You know, knowing it's only half time. You know, and he's, he's, I mean, you can see the guy, he's proper, he's proper angry. Um, the, the only, the only, I mean, don't get me wrong, before um, I started getting abused on Twitter again, um, the only slight thing that, and I've mentioned this before, and you have all mocked and laughed, which you usually do anyway, is it, is it maybe the first time Rangers in the last while have played in front of a big crowd and maybe a wee bit of squeaky bum time? You know, I haven't on about Tavernia how, He's been slaughtered for three seasons, you know, in front of the, the, the big crowds at Ibrox, and all of a sudden there's no crowds there, and he's the best player in the SPL, you know. So I wonder. And again, Mal- Malmo is the same as probably everyone else's tactic when they go to Ibrox, as frustrate the, the fans. I mean, and again, I know they've been locked out for a long time, and I mean the atmosphere on Tuesday will be absolutely electric. You know, I know Gerald put a call out to the fans, etc. The atmosphere will be electric. Now. Can Rangers players cope with it? I mean, you're talking about the opposition. Can they cope with it? Can the Rangers players cope with it? Because it's been a long time since they've played in front of a big crowd. And as I said, and, they, and I know the team's, you know, progressed, etc. But it'll be interesting, but I, I still fancy Rangers comfortably to go through. I think it'll be 3 nothing or something. I totally agree with you. Say, 
Same for instance, it's nil nil with twenty minutes to go, and you know if you win one nil, you're going to extra time. Like we without a crowd, the players are trying things that that know yeah. that they win the normal try, but try to had just try to thread passes through a, a tubs crossing for deep and stuff like that. I think when there's a crowd, you, I, I don't think it's right, but I think some of them change a game plan and a bit more safer and stuff like that. I, I, to, I totally get your point, by the way, because I've, I've been inside Ibrox many times and it's like that, and moans and groans. It, it definitely does, but I, I think I think Tuesday Tuesday night, and <laughs> I know Walton was slaughtered, Gerard, about the, the, the call for the fans and all that. But... The Lions Den, doesn't matter. <laughs> Can we get all the fans and make it a Lions Den? <laughs> but I, I I do think it could play a, an important part if they're right behind the team the, the whole night, if you know what I mean. I, I do think it has some... They're not going to win them the game if the fans aren't going to put the ball in the net. But I think getting getting behind them for the whole 90 minutes... I mean, if you're a, a player of any level and you're walking out and that's your backing, I mean, what, what else do you need? Do you know what I mean? Rory, we spoke a lot about Rangers squad depth kind of towards the kind of end of last season, but you see like with players like Morelos, Aribo, even Ruth, Kamara, when they're missing, there is there is something missing to that Rangers team, whether it's like a killer instinct. Like, see, obviously, if Morelos and Aribo are fat, obviously Ruth and Kamara are still suspended, but do you throw them in for a game like that? Like, if Morelos is, a, is anywhere near match fit, is, it the, game, is, it, is the game kind of tailor-made for him? Potentially. Um, I know Ruth and Kamara aren't available again uh, during the week. Itton always does okay, I think is the best word I would I would have to describe him. He does fine, but I think going into Tuesday, I wouldn't be surprised to see Morelis, Morelis start. Whether he changes the formation slightly or does something a little bit different um, and, and has Itton on, on the bench, I'm not quite sure, but I think there's every chance you might see Morelis start, um, start the game. Um, is it too early? I'm not quite sure. But, you know, it might be a 30-minute cameo. We'll wait and see on that one. But, no, you're absolutely right. If, if you take these names out of the team, then they're, they're going to be weaker. Ah, you do have um, people in backup to come in and, and, and take their place. But I think when you get to Champions League level, and I appreciate what Wilson's saying, and listen, I, I agree with him. I think Rangers will go through the tie. There, there is more quality in, this, in these sides than, than, generally speaking, what Rangers are playing against most weeks. And that's no disrespect to the league. You know, you get to that, that level and of European competition, there's some right good players in that team. So maybe the difference between bringing on or changing the changing the team two or three players against a, a Ross County or a you know again no disrespect to them you know a, a Livingston whoever it may be maybe the level that drop in level playing against a Malmo it's more apparent if that makes yeah. sense. Um, so I, I've been interested one on Tuesday, but. <clears throat> Gerard would be wishing he had Roof available because if he did, it would be Roof up front and Morelis on with 30 minutes to go. He's he's really got to decide whether he starts hitting. Um, but like I said, I, I do agree with Sakala as well. Good, good start. Aye, Sakala as well. Um, I, I I don't know if you'll if you'll throw him in. I, I think Mamo will will sit slightly deeper. Um, I, I think Sakala likes likes the space in behind. I, I don't think he'll start him. I, I think that Roof, if he was available or Itton's available. I think I think he might go with it again, um, but I, I know he did come out after the game and say that several players have to raise their level. You know, is it one of those? I'm not quite sure, but he's usually quite drastic in his changes when he's not happy with something, Gerard. But uh, Sakala, I would worry about because I think Mamo will sit, sit a little bit deeper. He loves the space in behind, and there's not going to be any space. Um, 
However, the midfield will change because I don't think that, look, that three clicks. Like Davis, Arfield, Lundstrom. I, don't, I don't think they clicked as much, but you might L- see Aribo maybe coming in. Lundstrom was probably a bit of a yard off the pace, I would say. He was a little bit negative at I times. Think that's, I think that's natural, though. I think there's, there's Aye, absolutely. He, he slowed it down a wee bit. And again, that, that comes back to maybe putting Sakala in, new teammates, etc., yeah. etc. Et so you want to take that gamble, that risk. Um, for me, it'll come down to whether he starts it or Morelos. I may be totally wrong. He might start Sakala, but I think the way the game will go, Sakala's probably a better option. We, depending on how the game's going, you know, to look at the bench and go right, we need a goal, you know, um, or we're defending a lead, we need to hit them on the counter attack. Sakala's perfect, but I don't think Sakala will start the game. But again, maybe totally wrong. Did you, did you not find though? It kind of, I, I felt it actually worked against Eaton. I thought I, I, I think he does okay. I, I'm the same as you. I don't think he sets the header in fire, but. They, they, they were trying to thread balls and play, you know, nice one-two touch through. They take Eaton off, they put Sakala on, and then they start launching balls into the box rather than try to play to Sakala's strengths. They, they kind of got that wrong for me. And I know the players get tired, they maybe don't press and shut down as much, so it allows crosses in. But I think if they put a few of the crosses in for Eaton, I think he'd probably be on the score sheet. That's so, that's the thing. That's the thing about football, Wilson, because I, I agree with you. But... As a manager, he's got the perfect out because they scored. But no, listen, I, I agree with you. I mean, there's every chance that he might have got the end of one of the crosses, etc. But I just don't know if he does enough to stay on the park. We'll touch on Celtic's 4-2 victory over Jablonek as well to kick off. The first one under Ange Postacoglun. Wilson, we'll touch on the signings first that Celtic made during the week before we touch on the result. What do you think of the signings of Joe Hart and particularly James McCarthy? Well, I'll, I'll be honest, yeah, I, I think if they signed anyone with two hands, would have been better than what they've already got. It just happens to be a guy with vast experience, you know, played for his country at big tournaments, you know, worth a, worth a lot of money in his day. Um, so, I mean, I think that's a, a great sign. Whether he's going to be brilliant every week, I, I don't know, but he's a million times better uh, than what we have um, at, the, at the moment. We're talking about Celtic just now, what we have at Celtic. Um, Interesting. He should never, never, again, he should never let go of Craig Gordon, but that's all water under the bridge now. Um, So I think Joe Hart's a a good signing. Did he look great last night? Um, Well, the other night, no, he didn't. Um, I thought thought in possession, he was kicking the ball at the park, but then I would rather kick it out the park and pass to that back four, to be honest. Um, James McCarthy, I, I... he was a fantastic player at Hamilton Ackies. He's done well down south. My, my concern, I know it's been kind of touched on in social media, is, is about his injury record. Um, you know, he spent a lot of time uh, out injured and a lot of time in the Everton bench and whatnot. But m- maybe this is an ideal move for him. You know, went down, made his, made his career down south, back home as such. Four-year contract, very, very surprised at that. But he's probably asked for that because I, I still think he could possibly end up you know, spending a bit of time um, on the injury table. But as I say, that's now Celtic get three players. They just need another eight starters and that'll then have a, a start in 11. What did you think of the game? Obviously 4-2, there was goals at a bad I got on the score sheet. I think he has looked kind of one of the best best kind of signings they've made so far. For a hash, he obviously scored as well. Forrest Christie chipped in. But what was your kind of thoughts in the game? Obviously, I think it's a, it's a classic example of good going forward. You can see an idea about the defence letting them down. The, the, the defence is so weak, it's so poor, ball straight down the, the throat as well. Um, aye, the the defence is, is a shocker. There's, there's, no, there's no excuse for that. And it's, it's basic things like 
you know, having no depth there and not someone dropping off to try and sweep up, etc. Silly holes, still waiting for, you know, Greg to put crosses into the box. And they get forward, okay, the fullbacks, but um, the, the centre-half situation is something that massively needs addressed um, as, as soon as possible. Um, again, you can say that the boy Starfelt's come in, he's played two games and he's been rubbish in both. Um, has he maybe got to get up to speed, etc.? But, I mean, I watched them, the Jablonek, and I thought they were absolutely terrible. I think they had a couple of chances in the first. I mean, the keepers made a couple of decent saves, and I thought they're all over the shop. Now, a Celtic team of the past, you know, under well, Lennon, Rogers, Dyla would have maybe taken three or four goals off them comfortably then away home. But as I say, I think even they'll think they're in the tie um, at Parkhead because of the, the simplicity of the goals that they scored. Um, against Celtic so and I th- but I think that's going to have to be Celtic's kind of way this season they'll be used to, again you young boys it was like the Kevin Keegan way at Newcastle you know you score five and we'll score six I think you're, you're backing this year's both teams to score Celtic to win at Parkhead I think that's going to be your bets of the season because as I say that defence is, is so poor and you know even even somebody as good as Alan McGregor playing in front of that defence would concede goals um, but I see Welsh might come back in tomorrow again. I don't think he's he's the answer, but he's probably better than the two that are playing just now. Um, so, as I say, I don't think Jablonek are out of the tie, to be honest with you, because I, I think they'll be able to smell a bit of blood in terms of scoring at Parkhead next week. Rory, obviously a lot's happened since the, the kind of season's kicked off. Obviously the defeat to Hearts on Sunday and then obviously the first win. What's been your thoughts on the Celtic situation so far? Are you kind of with the... With what Wilson was saying the other night, it's just been recruitments. Maybe we kind of let them down, and you can see an idea of what they're trying to do, kind of thing. How do you, how have you kind of assessed it so far? I think Wilson touched on one thing there, which is abundantly apparent, which basically tells the story of a Celtic of that. You know, Joe Hart, what is he, 34, mm-hmm. 33, James McCarthy, 37 years between them. That any any player who's getting a phone call for Celtic right now to say they're interested, their agents rubbing their hands together. Because the balance of power at the moment could not be more with the player. See, if Celtic were in a better position and hadn't had such a bad year last year and hadn't recruited so badly and didn't need such a big changeover in players, James McCarthy gets a two-year deal with an option and Joe Hart gets a two-year deal. But because they're so desperate for players and they've started so poorly this season in terms of going to the Champions League and losing to Hearts, and it's going to be the same with a centre-back. A centre-back, a new centre-back's going to walk in with a bumper deal on what he should be on because they're that desperate to get that desperate to get people in. So that the fact that they've got three and a, a three and a four year deal between them, and don't get me wrong, if James McCarthy stays fit, he's one of these players that will. I, I think improve the likes of your Turnbulls um, a lot as well. Just with his calmness in the middle of the pitch, keeps possession, encouragement, except it takes a lot of pressure off the likes of your Turnbull. The fans are looking at him at the moment. Club like Celtic, that's no easy. See, if you need to be the man that changes it or need to be the guy that does something, that's that's tough. I think when you've got all eyes on James McCarthy, everybody will be watching him on Sunday if he's playing. It then gives Turnbull a little bit more freedom and he's got a, a cracking player behind him who's going to look after all the other bits. So, listen, I think if he can stay fit, he, he'll be a cracking signing. And um, As Wilson says, Joe Hart maybe a bit rusty the other night. There's no doubt in his quality when... When um, I don't think he's his distribution, he's his best ability, but he's still certainly a, a top top shot stopper. Um, so I it'll be it'll be an interesting one to see who, who else they bring in. 
but they're going to need to do it quick because Starfelt needs a, a, an actual centre-back beside him. He doesn't need a young boy beside him or a, a centre-mid playing at centre-back. Um, so I need to get people through the door, but to answer your question, what, what do you think of Celtic? I think you just need to look at the length of the contracts they've just given out to two 30-plus-year-old players to, to, to see where they're at. Do I think Julian will be the partner once he comes back? I'd once he gets back to Dubai, mate. Might fancy up. Do you think still, they still will bring another one? Two centre backs. Ah, you'll need to. I think they'll be happy, maybe be happy with, with Julian and then like say Stephen Wilde and that. Julian J- 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 for me is not tough enough. You need, in Scottish football, you need to be tough. You, you, know? you want you want four centre backs, I think, especially if they do get through these ties and they're competing in Europe. I don't think Julian Starfield, um, the Welsh. lad Welsh and the other young lad, I, I, I just don't think that's enough. I think you want four, you know, four first team players competing for your centre back positions, um, and then you've got your young boys kind of coming through behind that. You know, three, three at minimum. Uh, if he is in his head going, it'll be Julian and Starfield as well. Julian's going to take. And bear in mind, Julian took quite a few months to adapt when he first signed, um, and he and then he became good to be fair to him. So you know, after a long injury, it may take him a few months to to get back fit. And Celtic don't have that time. I can almost think Celtic have written this season off and they'll make so many signings to try and gel them together this season before you know they try and they try and do something next year. That's hard to accept for Celtic supporters, but I think so many signings, regardless of how good they are, is going to take time for them at to what point, At what point, Wilson, in your opinion, does it change for oh, it's not the manager's fault to fucking hell, Ange? It's not good enough. Oh, it'll be six games, it'll be all uh, 29th of August. With the worst five hundred Rangers, then that'll be that. that, that that's the, the. Do you think it would take something like that though, to turn to turn the pressure on the manager? Do you think? Oh, that? absolutely. It's, it's any Rangers manager. I mean, I know we've listened to interviews with Mark Warburton, these guys that were in and out at Rangers at the time. You're losing old firm game. You're under pressure. Yeah. That's it. I mean, and freak results can happen. You know, if Ange was to beat Gerard five nothing in the 29th of August, Stephen Gerrard's under pressure. But you do, you know? do, do you see the idea? Do you see what he's trying to do going forward? Look, they're out, they do look as if they can play some decent stuff. I thought Abada was, I, there's something you know, with him, I just think he could be a real talent. But again, it's the, I mean, the Edward situation we'll touch on in a second. What, what's your kind of thought, Shankers? Do you, can I see what they're trying to do? I think you can see it in spells, but then you can also see like the Celtic we've seen, like, uh, over the last year or so. You can still see part of that, and of course it's going to be there because there's a new manager still there with those players of the past, and, and I think you will see it start. This can see like a and they're going forward, uh, saying what he's tried. I, I agree with Rory on the, the Joe Hart distribution. I don't think that's the way that, that the manager wants to play, but I don't think he's been left with, with many options, so he's had to just bring in a goalkeeper and almost. Then let let him adapt to the, the style of play. I've seen a couple of times he, he's tried to play it for the back last night, and it's but you can tell it's no way he's used to put it that way. So I think it will take a wee while for the, the players to adapt. I think if you keep McCarthy fit, it's a right good signing. But then it is just trying to keep him fit as the problem. But I'm I'm with Wilson. I'm I'm not going as far as they need eight starters, but I do think they still need four or five quality players to to compete uh, at, the, at the level that they, they feel they should be competing at and, and they, 
the right of sure should be competing at European and, and top end of the, the SPL table, but I, I do think they need four or five players. One, are, one thing I would forward. disagree with with Wilson is that Celtic will take five or six off that Jablonek at home. You think, they, you think they will? Aye, like you, you're, you're saying Jab, sorry, well, Jablonek will still think they're in the tie. I, I, I don't, I, 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 deep down, I think deep down they know they're out. I think it'll be four or five. They've not got a chance. Okay. What about I've, I've, not, I've never been wrong in my predictions before, so I don't intend to start now. <laughs> uh, i seen the Ed, on the Edward thing. i seen that there's potential of, of a deal being done with Brighton yeah. next week. I think it's a strange one, to be Is honest. Is because you know he doesn't, doesn't want to be there? I'm not no. saying I'm, I'm not surprised that, that he's leaving, but do you, think he's, do you think he's better than Brighton? Do you think he's? I think he's better than Brighton. Yep. But are they like, are Brighton looking at it going? Because we've spoken this before, Wilson. Well, do you Brighton look have at got Gary Dicker now? Gary Dicker will give him thirty assists. He's danger. What a player! Would you? Do you think it's, it's the best thing to just get cash in and Edward and get as much as you can? Right. Doesn't want to be there. Get rid. Doesn't want to be there. Get rid. They need to reinvest the money that. They get fed word back into the squad or the fans will. But do they know? Do they know? Do they know? Are they no GPSG 40%? Yeah, 40% of profit. So, how much? So, they bought 40% what, of profit. 40%, mate. So, if they bought them for 9 million and they sell them for what? Even say 20 million. I'll let Wilson do the maths. That's his department. But, well, it's um, 11 million <laughs> profit. So, maybe just maybe four 8 million for PSG, Rory. It's, uh, 40, it's 40% any profit. Aye, so you're going to need to sell them and then what you include what the player might get, what the agent might get. You know, by that, that point, you're going to need to sell them for 25 million plus to actually make a decent decent amount to reinvest in the squad. And that's just well, the way the role is. You're to sign Mark Shanklin for Talbot then. Be but that's, that's the thing as well. You also need, you need to replace Edward plus the fact there's no real strikers there that they trust. Like Yeti's kind of been hung out to dry, no hung out to dry, but he's kind of been tried and tested. The Griffith situation is obviously. No help. They need a minimum of two strikers, do we know? I, I would agree with Shankers about him being better than Brighton. Shankers, do you think that his attitude over the last kind of little while has put other bigger clubs off? Maybe your Everton's or your that kind of one step higher? Do you think it's put the likes of them off? Sorry. I don't know about his attitude, but... Like, attitude's been stinking the last couple of games, no? I, I, but I think even performance levels last year as well, I mean, I think... He had to, his peak was was finishing that season previous to last, and then his performances have been a bit kind of I good against good against what? abject good against the your Hamilton's and he's for me at times he's he's a luxury player when things are going really well he's really really good but when the chips are down is it somebody. Is it somebody you're you're wanting in your in your team? I think I think that you're kind of seeing that now. And I like to say I'm not even starting that game yesterday and stuff like that. Is it is that almost I'm just coming to the end? I, I, I've been reading things online, uh, Celtic supporters, and they're almost just getting fed up with him the way the way he's he's maybe his body language and stuff like that when when he's gone on the pitch and, and things. So I think they're almost what a cash and get the money and. and Whatever they get, reinvest it in quality eh, at that, that end of the pitch because it will be hard to replace because when he's on his game, he's a top player. So it will be hard to get something that they're going to need to go and, go and buy somebody for 
six, seven, eight million pounds to, to replace him, but they got somebody lined up ready to go. I don't know because the season's already kicking off and, and season in England and stuff like that is kicking off as well. Is this Japanese player already his replacement? So, I mean, who knows what's going on, but <laughs> Wilson's face says otherwise, but I, I, I still think they need to reinvest the, the money that they get from them and in other areas of the pitch if they're not going to reinvest it in that striker. Definitely. We're going to move on to the other three ties that took place on Thursday night. Rory, St. Johnson picked up a massive 1-1 draw in Galatasaray. Obviously, the Galatasaray, the man sent off, and there was a St. Johnson converted a penalty. How big a results have for St. Johnson, and do you see them capitalising on it? I don't even think it's for St. Johnson. I think it's for Scottish football. Um, a team like St. Johnson, you know, a lot of these kind of smaller teams that you see from all over Europe playing that you've kind of you've never heard of, or whatever else. People all across Europe take notice of that and going, "Who's who's St. Johnson? Where are they from? Who plays for them?" That, that type of idea, you know, you're, you're kind of football fanatics looking at because that's a huge result. There, don't get me wrong, they don't get to a lot of European Championship finals anymore, or, or you know, they don't go far in European Cup, etc., etc. But they're a household name in Europe. Everybody knows Galatasaray, and everyone can can remember. Um, them playing at the kind of the, the highest level and things like that. So for St. Johnson to go out there and not just be competitive but get a result, um, aye, it, it's unbelievable, um, is what I would say. Um, and I fl- flying the flag for Scotland and Hibs and Aberdeen, which will come on to as well, doing the same. So that's it's it's good and it's good as for the coefficient and and hopefully we can we can continue to do that and you just never know. There's We've got a magic under Callum Davidson, it seems to be, so you never know. They might just get through that tie. Yeah, they could do. It's uh, Obviously, they're going to meet Dermot Park on Thursday night with the, the draw. It's a big result for them. Wilson, what was your thoughts on that? Did you watch it? Uh, so, I saw a wee bit of Bob's. I've always been a big fan of Callum Davidson and his St. Johnson <laughs> teams. Um, they did really well. Um, you know, I mean, I watched the first 20 minutes and I thought, this could be ending. You know, this could be ending. I mean, look at me guys like, Bananhole and Babo and all these guys. But I think I've got to give credit to maybe Lachlan, who's probably given Callum Davison a rundown in Turkish football strengths. <laughs> unbelievable Turkish analysis prior to the Euros, which served them well. Um, but I think Rory's like, I think Turkish football's kind of on a lull at the moment. <laughs> As I said, it actually wouldn't surprise me to see Galatasaray turn up and win 5-0. But equally, it wouldn't surprise me if St. Johnson won 1-0. Yeah. Shankers, what do you think? I was when I was talking about the result to someone and they made a point that the Turkish teams don't really travel very well and in Europe when, when they're playing at home they've got the back of the supporters and it's I mean it's like welcome to hell at, at times you, you see when you're playing in Turkey with, with the way supporters and the passion that they are but when they're away from home they don't travel for well so I think it could be could be a tight game. I'll be very surprised if St. Johnson go through put it that way, but they did they done almost as good as what they could have coming away there still being in the tie for the second leg. I mean they could have, could have went there and get battered four, five now and then the tie's dead, but they're still in the tie. So fingers crossed they, they can pull off a result, but I'll be very, very surprised if they do. We'll move on to Aberdeen. They also picked up a big 3-2 result in Iceland against Breedablek, which is a great pronunciation for me, I think. <laughs> Christian Ramirez got a double. Wilson, what do we think of Aberdeen? That's obviously a big result and they look as if they're 
kind of rock solid to maybe get through to the, the playoff round of this, the new conference league. Scott Brown, I want to touch on with you. I know it's, I'm keen to kind of get your thought, Rory's thoughts on Scott Brown as well. The Aberdeen player, since, since he's come in, we've spoken about how much of an impact he's made. How big a player is he going to be for Aberdeen? Well, again, he's he's obviously went there to try and kind of, not say finish up his career, but I actually thought when he signed, his, his coaching role would take priority over his, his playing role, but it seems to be the other way about. Um, but then when, when, you've, when you've played, you know, big games like Scott Brown has and uh, been successful for club and country, then, you know, it, it's going to be a difference to the guys. Need us respect the guys that play for Aberdeen. So it can just be different wee things. And again, like criticise everyone, but I'm sure when Rory went to a massive club like Rangers, there was things done differently that probably enhanced his game, whether it be even the things off the pitch, lifestyle, etc., or the things you eat, more input for sports science, learning from guys that probably some of the best players in the country at the time. So, and, I, and again, I think that's the same. Not maybe a bit different at Aberdeen. Scott Brown's obviously played in Scotland and maybe just wee things he's bringing to the Aberdeen dressing room are, are having an impact. Um, as I say, again, I, I picked him as signing the season just for that aspect, like, He's the most successful player in that in that Aberdeen team, and we we've spoken about his strengths and his weaknesses, um, you know his his performances. So again, I, I think I think he'll be a good sign. I'm a wee bit worried later on that you know if he is he going to play every week, and then but you know, or is he going to win every week? Is he going to be a great signing? Um, but it's good to see the other players are coming out and commenting on it, um, and, and saying that the, the impact he's had for for an old head, and it could only benefit younger players, which I'm sure Mark and Rory have experienced, you know, older players giving them wee bits of advice. Probably very much the same at other clubs, you know. Don't take any advice from him. (laughs) Guys like Steve Davis must be passing on things to Aribo and Sakala and the young guys, etc. So, it's it's good to hear him getting positive praise. I know he doesn't get much positive praise from some of the panellists on here. Um, But that's, that's life. Rory, what's your kind of response to that? Obviously, it's a, as, as we said, it's a big result for Aberdeen, but are you surprised that they're all, that all the players are saying just how much an impact Brown's had on them? First and foremost, obviously, Wilson touched on me going to Rangers. The 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 um, the food and everything at Grand Jones' house, his mother's house, was by far and away <laughs> better than anything I ever had at Murray Park. Ah, um, I don't believe that. that out <laughs> um, no, listen. I've I've always said on the show, in my opinion, Scott 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 Brown's strengths are he's a great captain, he's a great leader, and he he has an impact on the players around him. Um, what I've also previously said on the show is that I think had Rangers been in the league for the duration of the time he was at Celtic, he probably would have found the amount of trophies and things, and is has been as influential as he did have much harder to come by. Um, however, he's a fantastic captain, a fantastic kind of leader, and I, of course, it, it, you know he's played in European games uh, before. But the, the the one area of the pitch where Aberdeen are now, you know, kind of doing well compared to where they haven't been is is up top. And Boy Ramirez seems seems you know able to bag a, a striker's goal. Yeah. Um, uh, I seen the boy Conor McLennan's touch the other night to then play it across to him. It was it was a lovely touch. So. Look, they've got a spine up the middle of the pitch. You've got Joe Lewis, Scott Brown, Lewis Ferguson. Um, big players, strong players, Ross McCrory as well there. Now, if you can add Ramirez into the mix there. One thing I will ask is, 
if you're Joe Lewis, are you given how you've played for Aberdeen and you know, are you a little bit raging inside that they stripped the captaincy off you? Regardless of the that is because he's been I arguably one of Aberdeen's better players over the years and, and a reason why they've got the cup finals and, and they're sitting third in the, in the table a lot of the years. So there's got to be part of you, but can also, on the flip side, you can see why why he's done it. Stuff like that. But I'm, I'm sure Pike had done an interview with Gavin Ray and he was in a similar situation at Rangers uh, where... It wasn't somebody coming in, but somebody was kind of getting edged at the team, and he was asked to take the captaincy off. I think it was Barry Briggs at the time, yeah. so it's a similar situation. And he probably, I think, if you're watching an interview, um, I think Gavin Ray almost felt as if he didn't. Well, it was one of the best moments, but also a kind of a low moment as well, because he realised like, that was kind of almost Barry Briggs' time up at Rangers as well. So it's it probably kind of mixed emotions for him. As well, but you've got to be party that as a wee bit gutted, and I'm sure there's been a, a lengthy conversation had and why it's, it's been. I just think that uh, Brown would still bring all of his qualities in, and you could keep Joe Lewis's captain. And yep, when 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 Brown's no playing, etc. The only advantage I see to it is maybe Brown's position in the middle of the pitch. But again, I don't think he needs to be a captain to bring all the qualities he can bring as a leader. But uh, it's an interesting one. The thing I, is, I, well, think, I think the, it's not as if Joe Lewis is going to be upset lifting trophies. I'm not going to win it. Do you know what I mean? So, what, what, what does the captain do, you know, in terms of maybe sorts the Christmas night out? You know, a team like Aberdeen. Do you know what I mean? I think Lewis will play a lot more games. Lewis is going to play probably every, every, every game. game. And Brown maybe no play every game. I mean... I think the way the way he's been talked about. One as well. He's no, he's no the. I think Lewis is still the team captain, but I think Brown's a club captain or something. It's no like there's something that. Uh, uh, something weird about it, isn't it? Like called a cop out. <laughs> what does that even mean? Uh, possibly. Like basically, like Wally Lyle's the team captain, but everybody knows I'm the top boy. Is that basically what it is? Aye, pretty much. Aye. <laughs> Another Willie Royal mention in the Scottish football <laughs> show, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Hibs's 1-1 draw with Rijeka, who are probably, just behind Zagreb, probably the second best team in Croatia. Shankers, do you think Hibs still have enough to win the tie? I think going back, uh, knowing that you just need to win the game uh, is, is enough for them. Uh, I think all the all the Scottish teams are should should still be fancying themselves yeah. to, to get through when you, when you look at it that way. But I think Hibs Hibs strong enough uh, to get through. Yep. Rory, what's your thoughts on Hibs? I they look good. Um, I think I think they'll get through the tie at Easter Road. Um, I think they'll be a little bit disappointed that the way rules rules have been scrapped at this stage. Um, it's, it's a decent result to pick up away from home, but. Um, listen, they look they look good. They look strong. They looked good against Motherwell at the weekend. They look a little bit susceptible at the back. However, the boy Van Veen played exceptionally well, to be fair. Um, but I I think they look good. I think them and Aberdeen will uh, will both go through the, their ties and um, they'll start the season strongly. Uh, it's just when one or two bad results come in or injury suspensions etc. to key players, that's when you can you find out what these teams are capable of over the uh, course and distance. But um, 
I think I'm in the minority in saying that I was a little bit disappointed the way rules goals away goal rule was scrapped. I quite liked it. Um, made it a little bit more tactical and interesting. So um, I think everything just has gone in favour of the so-called bigger teams. No, like so I remember Otto Juventus in the Champions League um, last year. I think it was, and, and Otto's away goal ended up taking them through. And, and if that doesn't stand, Otto on extra time. I think it was extra time actually, but. It goes all in favour of the Juventus at home, kind of thing. So I think it's all gone in favour of the kind of so called bigger teams now. Wilson, what was your thoughts on how does draw with the F in Thursday night? I think I think as long as you don't get beaten the first leg, um I think I think it's a positive. You know, I think they've started the season reasonably well. Um Hibs they ground out a result, you know, Motherwell probably better than Motherwell on the day. So it's, it's, it's a good result, as I, I agree with Rory. I think I think all the all the Scottish teams and we as a as a nation will be very proud of the coefficient points um, this time next week. Well, let's move on to the weekend. We've got six games to cover before we look at the other games across the SPFL. Shankers Rangers start the the weekend with a trip to Dundee United. What's your prediction for that? I think you always got a tough game up at up at Dundee. At a moment, a, a magic fate to have there. Uh, the last time we were up there, we were up there. Uh, the last time Rangers were up there. Uh, it, it takes moments like a quality like that to, to separate the games, especially away from home in this league. I don't think you get any away, easy away fixtures, and especially early on in the season. Dundee United are probably one of the teams that I think could struggle this season, so, so Rangers will be looking to capitalise on that, but I think at this stage of the season, three points is a must. Whether they win 1-0, 5-0, 5-4, I think, as long as uh, Rangers get three points at this stage of the season, I think that will give them something to build on. Rory, what's your thoughts? Uh, I think it'll be a tough game. I agree with Shankers. There's, you know, going away from home can, can be tough. Um, I think Dundee United are a bit of an unknown quantity with the manager they've got. Um, they've obviously got some household names and you know Nicky Clark, Lon Shankland, boys that are capable of scoring goals and things. And I think Dundee United will be one of these teams this year that they'll win a game three nothing, and you go, how have they done that? And then the next week they'll go and get beat by three four. Um, I think they're very unpredictable. So while they raise their game against the old firm, we'll wait and see. Um, I expect Rangers to win the game by, but I think it'll be by the odd goal. And I think I think the couple of goals that Malmo scored will maybe knock our confidence a bit. So. I would I would say Rangers to win. Both teams to score Rangers to win. Wilson, would you think for Rangers at Tannadice tomorrow? I know walk all over Dundee United. I think they're really poor. Again, there was more kind of rumours about Shankman leaving this week again with bids from you know a couple of English teams and a Belgian team. Um, and if he goes, I would really, really fear for him, to be honest. So I, I, we're a comfortable Rangers win 3 4 0. Dundee United still get McNulton. No, he's left. He's back in the he's back at Portsmouth. Yeah, he was up and loan, but we'll we'll touch on our game. There's another game tomorrow. St. Marin play Hearts. We'll just quickly get around the the panel. Shankers, give us a score prediction for St. Marin and Hearts. Who won Hearts? It wasn't a, I mean, Hearts done well to beat Celtic. I mean, anybody that beat Celtic does well, but it wasn't like like oh my god, Heart, again, right. Hearts are, Hearts are back to their best of that. Uh, I think they've done done enough to win the game, but I didn't think that was exceptional in the night. Rory, what do you think? Hibs Ross County. H- Hibs Ross County. 
Oh, sorry, I thought you were going to ask me about them. No, sorry, it's not in hearts, my mistake. I'm, I'm <laughs> I was like, come ball in there, see, Smith. <laughs> 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 he had the news, but he said, ready to say it, then he just got that one. in. It's in we'll go with that before we move on to Hibs Ross County. <laughs> one, uh, one each for me. Um, two, two good sides, who I think will do well, I think. Um, I think you'll see one of those sides finish sixth and one of those sides finish seventh this season, so... I think all our fixtures this year will be pretty close, so I'll go with one each. Wilson, St Mirren Hearts. Uh, 2-0 St Mirren, the, the Wolf and Greg County to score. <laughs> they look good, the two of them up front, Main and Brophy last week. Huh? Aye, but if Brophy gets around the games, he'll score goals, because he, he just shoots for anywhere, so he forgets his shooting boots on it, he, he will do well. Still baffling that he, how he left Kowala. Well, very How, how he wasn't getting a game at that, that point. Very strange. Rory, tell us where you're going to be on Sunday. Um, I should be working. Um, <laughs> my day job, but um, I no, I'm going to cover the the Celtic Dundee game. So looking forward to that. Um, I looking forward to it. It'll be good to 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 go and see a, a game. It's just nice to be in stadiums. Whenever I've done it the odd time over the last few months, it's just it's nice to be in stadiums and it's nice to feel the atmosphere again and things like that. Um, you know, being a Scottish football fan in general, it's. It's nice to go to Dens Park, it's nice to go to Livingston, it's nice to go anywhere really, but it'll be a nice wee change of scenery. I've not been to Celtic Park too many times, obviously. Um, only kind of played in the top league for a short spell, so um, aye, it'll be good, looking forward to it. What's your score prediction? 2-0 um, Celtic. Wilson, would you be looking forward to tuning in to BBC Sports Town on Sunday afternoon? No, um, <laughs> I don't want to listen to biased commentary. Um, from a Dundee legend, um, I think I think Paul Hartley would have been more suitable in the co-coms, you know, having played for both teams. Um, I think they should actually have got them both. Oh, that would have been, that would have been nice. That would have been a, a nice wee reunion for them. Mm-hmm. Paul Hartley never played for Dundee. No, it was just a matter for played for Dundee. No, no, you're all about facts. So I just correct you. <laughs> all right, okay. Well, Dundee Celtic legend, Dundee manager, get him on. Uh, I, I, oh, again, I don't know whether Celtic, you know, c- continuous games, you know, playing t- two a week for the last few weeks. So I, I think 2 2 1 Celtic, I'll go. Shankers, Celtic, Dundee. You know, Celtic think it, they could be comfortable. Um, I just think go, going forward, they'll, they'll have too much for them. And it's one of the ones, if you say you're sitting in, Defending, there's only so long you can sit in with two getting uh, broken down. I think once maybe one goal goes in, there'll be another two, two or three even. So I think it can be night, but I'll definitely no have the radio on on Sunday. <laughs> oh, so what was your prediction? I missed it. 2 1. 2 1. Ross County finally will get there, Rory. Give us a wee prediction for Hibs Ross County. Um... I think Hibs will maybe be um, a wee bit leggy after, you know, 3-2 last week against Motherwell and then trip to Croatia and things like that. I still think we'll have enough. Um, I've tipped, tipped Ross County for, for relegation and to finish bottom this year. So, um, again, both teams to score. Hibs, Hibs to come good late on and win it 2-1. Wilson, what have we got? Hibs-Ross County? Uh, is that Easter Road, aye? Yes. 2-1 uh, two, two, Hibs. Shankers. 2 0 Hibs. Well, I've heard much of Ross County this this season, but 
can't, I can't imagine them being, being down there uh, the bottom for the majority of the season. We'll move on to Livingston Aberdeen. Wilson, give us a prediction for Livingston Aberdeen. Uh, one each. Shankers. Where, where's it at, Livy? It's at uh, Livingston, yep, the Tony Macaroni. One no Aberdeen. Rory. Um, I think that'll be low scoring. Um, I'll agree with Shankers. I'll go one nil Aberdeen. And we'll move jet, on. The jet to score against his old club. <laughs> <laughs> the final game of the Premiership will take place between St Johnson and Motherwell. Shankers, give us a prediction for that. The Scottish Cup champions against the uh, Graham Alexander's men. <laughs> you were trying to hang yourself. I was trying to hang yourself. The 1989 yeah. Scottish the Cup. Ni- the 1948 <laughs> Cup finalists. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen, just to get off topic, you ever seen in Sky Sports when the, the, the wee banner up uh, introducing people and like somebody's own, like just random, and it was like under 17s. Uh, under under 17's internationalist <laughs> final or something. <laughs> oh, I've seen that. Uh, you've seen that before. <laughs> uh, right. Motherwell St. Johnson. Where's it at? McDermott Park? That's at McDermott Park, yeah. I'm going to go no, no. St. Johnson almost gave it all on Thursday night. Going to be very leggy. And don't think Motherwell have got much quality this year. Uh, for Robbie Crawford, so I'll go no no. Wilson will be thinking St. Johnson Murrow, you standing by your pal Callum? No, I think they'll suffer a, a, a wee bit of a European hangover, and I think Murrow will win 1 0. Rory, what have we got? I'm going to say. I disagree with Shankers a wee bit. I thought I thought Murrow looked okay in spells last weekend. I thought uh, the boy Kevin Van Dien was, was a handful and also held. Held the ball up well and had a wee bit of quality, but I don't know. I think Motherwell will struggle this season. I really do, um, and I think people will kind of be expecting Motherwell to get a result for the reasons that Wilson says there. But I don't know. Um, there's just something about St. Johnson at the moment, um, so I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go two 0 St. Johnson. I just said they struggle this season. You said I disagree with Shankers. I did a bit. What? What? <laughs> did you not just say you disagreed with me there? Do I get mixed up now? I don't know. He said they agreed with me in terms of people thinking St. Johnson will suffer a, a oh, European I thought, hangover. I thought he said they disagreed with me that Mother will struggle then just went, but I think Mother will struggle. <laughs> Sorry, I no, it. I said, no, I said, I think they've got a bit of quality up the top end. Oh, right, right, right. But, right. but I think they'll struggle because you'd say right. they lack quality, but I thought the boy Bandine was quite good. We will touch quickly on, we'll get, we'll go around the panel are the other SPFL games, who's our team with fancy that are going to win a week? And I looked at the, the other fixtures. Wilson, I'll come to you. Who's the, a team in the other kind of three leagues you fancy to win this weekend? Kelly. Away at Queen of the South. Shankers. Be a tough game, right enough. Be a tough game. Um, but I think Kelly will win. Who did you think of them on Monday night? Ah, yeah. I, I thought that. I didn't think Kelly were exceptional, to be honest, but they were just, they were miles ahead of here, to be honest. Um, again, but... Oh, always, always think it. You know, again, establishment I helping out as well. I don't, I, I don't want to get into the politics of it all, but I think they made it a better game if they'd been United fans there. To be honest, I, I, um, but I actually thought Kelly were were really comfortable, but I didn't think they were brilliant. But again, and this is what I was trying to explain last week. You know, Alston and McGinn and these guys are, are 
good championship players, you know, and they've been over the course before. So I, as I say, I think I think Kelly will, will do really well this year. Um, and I think it just their kind of experience in that show because they have a few young boys playing. Um, but I, I, I fancy Kelly str- strongly this season anyway. So I think we'll go to Queen of the South and, and pick up three points tomorrow. Very difficult to play good football, at Queen of the South. It's it's a horrible tight pitch. Again, I, again, I don't, I don't, I don't think you know Kelly are going to play you know take attack of football this year. I think they've brought in guys that know the championship. The guy, the guy Murray um, from Dunfermline looks a real, a real yeah. good player. Um, does does his job, you know, no thrills. Um, and I just again, in his Cameron, and I know he got a lot of praise this week. However, I saw him a few games, you know, in the when he played, come on the SPL, and he, he didn't look much. No, it was just the pace of the game or whatever. But he really, really struggled. Then he went and loaned a couple of first or championship teams, you say, and did well. Um, and then as soon as Tommy, you know, as soon as the relegation was was you know done, he was the first player to get a contract. Um, and as I say, if his performance on Monday's end to go by, then great. But again, I, I, I do worry if he can keep that level of performance up over a, over a full season. Easy to get up for a game like Monday, isn't it? Of course, you know I mean? of course, yeah. But I, I still do think Kelly need to bring in another striker. <sighs> yeah, definitely. Let's talk, let's talk a couple of strikers we mentioned today. Shankers, give us a team in the, the other three leagues your ankle won this weekend. I'm maybe not pick an exact... I mean, I, I could... Pick a team that I think will win if you are. I mean, I think Hamilton will be Morton, but just what I want to touch on, I think Queen's Park Rangers could be a good fixture yeah. uh, this weekend. Two teams that, that will fancy ourselves to get up and win the division. So I think that could be, could be a good fixture. Yeah, similar to that, I think Inverness Wraith in the Championship could be a good fixture as well. That's one that caught my eye. Rory, what about you? What's your team this weekend that you think could win in the SPFL? <clears throat> Championship League One or League One. It was actually the game Shankers just touched on. I think Queen's Park will win uh, comfortably. Um, <laughs> Who's the Cove manager? Them, they know. <laughs> Paul Hartley. <laughs> no, I, I, I genuinely think, I genuinely think Queen's, Queen's Park will. Um, Queen's Park will do do well this year. Were you surprised um, that we yeah, surprised they went for Laurie Ellis as manager? Queen's Park. Um, <clears throat> I suppose so. I mean, they've got some money. They probably could have brought in, you know, somebody a little bit more experienced in things. But um, he's obviously got a good reputation. He's worked. He's worked with Ray McKinnon as well, who, you know, has got connections with Queens Park previously. So you know, he's maybe had a good recommendation and things like that as well. But um, I certainly one one thing I always noticed about Laurie Ellis on the side of the pitch, he was always very calm, um, which is something I enjoy. I'm not a huge fan of managers ranting and raving and shouting on the side of the pitch. Um, but and anyone I've ever spoke to is, is you know, I don't know the guy that well. I mean, I don't know what he's like tactically as a coach, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But everyone I've spoken to, you know, seems to like the guy. So um, you're off to a start if, if people like you. I think so. Um, aye, it was a little bit surprising given the money they've got. They maybe could have went for somebody with a little bit more experience within those divisions. But aye, we'll, we'll wait and see. But I think um, it'll be a tight game at the weekend. Um, but I think that scoreline wise uh, Queen's Park will have enough and, and run away two, two or three you know, winners we'll move we'll touch on the West Premier Division quickly before we finish up Shankers just take a trip to Kilmarnock to the Synergy Arena to play Bonneton are you as confident as we got a victory? I think maybe we spoke about earlier we're on a, a kind of positive run although performances haven't been there the results have been positive so 
I don't see why we, we shouldn't be confident going in, uh, going there and, and getting a result. We're born it another week there, although most of the results haven't been too positive. They, they we know they're capable of a good result because they beat Pollock 3-1 uh, at home. Uh, it's no mean feat beating, beating Pollock uh, by any any means. So, so we know that, that they're capable uh, on their day of beating anybody, but... This, this, this is just the same as us. We, we are confident that the honour game we can beat anybody. So uh, fingers crossed that there will be another three points and hope that we can beat them well. Definitely. We'll just run through the Premier Division fixtures quickly and we'll pick a game out. Bees play Hurlford, Blantyre, Rob Roy, Bonnet and play Auchinleck, Clyde Bank, Largs, Cumbernauld Davos obviously off, Cumbernauld play Irvin Meadow, Glenafton, Benbob, Kilburnley play Troon, Rossville, Pollock and Rutherglen play the Buffs. Wilson, out of that, which is the ten of tie that sticks out to you? Remember, I think Beef Horrorford might be quite tasty. Um, both good teams, maybe not great in the level they've been at in previous years, but both very good teams. Um, that, that that could be an interesting one. And well, we used to train back in the day. Remember Wilson, back in the day, the under seven teams, Beef right next to their pitch. Oh, that's right, Beef. Beef, exactly. asked, beef Aye, that's like, like that. Massive hill on it. <laughs> and the money bus. Um, but again, I, as I say, all of us have our commitments. But I, I, if I was to pick a game to go and watch tomorrow, um, I, it I would, would be Bonnet and Talbot. It would be Bonnet and Talbot. <laughs> um, I think, you know, go and see Alan Robertson and Paul Wright. I mean, those Bonnet and players will be well coached, as Rory will vouch for, um, and spent his seasons under Alan Robertson as well. Those players will be well coached. Whether at the level of the Talbot players, I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, but I can see Talbot winning comfortably. Um, but that would be that, that would be my pick of the games to go to tomorrow. Yeah, my pick would be probably come at Irvin Meadow. I can't go to duty work, but that would be my, my game to go to. But I, that I, I, I see one. that being a, a standout one just for reasons like Platt and Spenny and that. I've, I've got connections walking out against come not so flat. Just, just two two good teams that, that probably should should be up there at the end of the season. Partisan atmosphere, Mark Roller. Oh, atmosphere. As always. And they've come up go travelling. <laughs> we are going to wrap up the show there. I just want to thank Shankers, Wilson and Rory for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. We will be back on Monday for another show. We will recap the action over the weekend. Thank you very much to everyone who's tuned in. We will speak to you all soon and subscribe to our YouTube channel and all our podcast channels plus follows and social media. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Cheers. <laughs>